Welcome to another episode of the Vision for the Valley podcast season three. I'm your host, Joe Velarde. I'm so excited to have my good buddy, Mo Taylor, representing the Bayou Boys. What's up, Mo? Hey, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. And before we jump into our conversation, I just want to give Mo and the Bayou Boys a shout out uh, for their generosity in this last year and a half. Man, they have gone above and beyond not only to work with us, but many others, but specifically with the church that I lead, we have a ministry with our homeless brothers and sisters, which is called Ripple, that we work with, and we have a partnership with them, and we have been able, through our relationship with the Bayou, to be able to provide meals. They have done a great job, especially in this COVID time, because everybody was a little like sketchy about like, all right, how does food work, and how are you supposed to do that, especially in the context like that? but they have been extremely generous. And so Mo has uh, really been uh, a huge friend, ally towards me, but also towards what's going on here in the Valley, helping other restaurants, bringing people together in a time that's been really challenging and difficult. And we're, we're still working through some of those, those realities uh, that we're facing and what that means for us next. But I'm so excited to have Mo uh, with us today. And so Mo, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, my friend. All right. Well, I mean, first, I, I just want to go back to the, the Ripple thing. Uh, you know, it was it was great that we were able to do that as, as a company. Uh, but me, uh, from a personal level, uh, it was a great opportunity for me to, you know, show my son, uh, you know, the importance of giving back uh, and, and some, being supportive of your community. Um, I actually had him uh, both times. Well, two out of three times, actually, because we I think we've done it three times. Yeah. Uh, make the make the lunch lunches with me, and uh, and he loved it. Uh, it was great. Actually, the other day, uh, we, we were pulling past the building. He goes, "Isn't that the place where we dropped off uh, the food?" And I was like, "It's not, but it looks like it." He was like, "He's like, when are we going to do that again?" And I was like, "We'll do it again soon." So, well, dude, I that's awesome to hear, and that's a good reminder, right? It's not what's often taught; it's what's caught, right? So, Absolutely. you know, when we show we show him the way. How old's your son? He's eleven now. 11 dude that's awesome man wait up uh, way to lead the way man showing them bro that's awesome man that's doing awesome. what i can doing what i can but uh but yeah so you know a little about myself i you know i grew up in south jersey um right outside of ocean city atlantic city area right there down near the beach and um you know i i, I played sports growing up I, I came up to the to the lehigh valley to go to college at lehigh and uh played football at lehigh um and the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, and, uh, I, at the time when I first got up here in 98, I really thought that I would be out of the Valley, uh, immediately after college. And, um, and I got, I, I got back into the restaurant industry in, in my senior year, uh, started, you know, waiting tables. I'd always worked in the back of restaurants. I, I, I started cooking, uh, in restaurants at a young age, uh, as a teenager, actually. And, um, and when I got back into the restaurant business and started working out front, I really enjoyed uh, like the fellowship with, with people uh, and, and getting to meet new people like you know, on a daily basis and, and hear their stories. It was like, it was like a really like something inside of me. It just said like, this is where you need to be, you know? And, uh, and I continued doing that and until I, I moved up to being a bartender and eventually a manager uh, and I was in a management position for, oh, oh I want to say close to, close to 15 years uh, before, before we opened our first restaurant. And, uh, and, and we opened our first restaurant and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll get into some of that, but that's a quick, quick synopsis of, of, you know, of me. Um, I, uh, I do have a son. He's 11. I'm married for three years. Uh, as of yesterday. Actually. Yeah, man. Anniversary time. Come on now. It's yeah. an anniversary. Come on now. Little Tony Tony for you. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that's been great. Um, you know, it was really cool. Uh, looking back at some of the photos, uh, friends of ours are just sending pictures cause we got married down in Jamaica. Uh, so there, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of fun that was had down there. So people are sending us, you know, photos from the pool, from the beach. And, and oh man, it's just been great. Uh, everybody wants to go back. So I was like, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get married again, but uh, we can all definitely plan a trip to get back down there to Jamaica. 
That's awesome, man. Well, I wanted to hear a little bit from you about what, what the Bayou boys have been up to and what it is that you guys, um, you know, had, had to change in light of COVID um, in, in your business and which of those changes are you going to keep? So first of all, tell us what the Bayou boys have been up to and then any changes that have had to come as a result of COVID and, and that you're holding on to even as you go forward. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, COVID was, uh, was interesting for us and it, it, it gave us a moment to kind of exhale. Um, like I said, we opened our first restaurant in 2014 and then each subsequent year, uh, we opened and, 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 or started another business. Um, you know, we went from the Bayou in Bethlehem to grain, uh, and then we opened Cork and Cage and Queen City Barbecue and, uh, Bayou Easton and WizKids. And, um, it was, it was a whirlwind, um, you know, trying to keep up with it and adding, <laughs> adding players as we went along, um, and, and closing businesses, you know, some businesses along the way, um, so, you know, this past year, you know, it, it's really, we, we got focused in on ourselves and our structure and, you know, what we can do to, to, to strengthen uh, the company that we, you know, we're, we're trying to build and, and better our people. Um, you know, for us, that's a big focus to make sure that we're, we're working on, on our people and, and, and trying to make them better um, as, as we, you know, try to grow ourselves. Um, and over this past year, you know, one of our, one of our, two of our new projects, but one of them that's been really, really neat has been, uh, you know, we, we started making pierogies, um, for, for our, for our restaurants. So we, you know, when we opened WizKids, our super small menu, very, you know, very focused, we do cheesesteaks, French fries, pierogies, and milkshakes. Right. And we felt like these pierogies that we, uh, that we were using were just phenomenal. So we partnered up. Well, we started to partner up with, uh, with the, the, the maker and the operator. He was a local guy and, and that, that ended up not, you know, not panning out the way that we thought it was going to, uh, actually, unfortunately we lost, uh, uncle Paul, um, last year, um, not related to COVID, but, uh, during, during the, you know, the, start of the pandemic and uh but we had we had gained uh, a lot of information from him working side by side with him for some time over the year uh prior so we decided we we're going to try to make our own and uh it's been a it's been a very uh humbling process um you know i have nothing but the utmost respect for all those you know little ladies that would sit in church and make pierogies by hand <laughs> all, all these years um uh I, I it's incredible i don't know how they did that um you know we we have a machine but it's we're very hands-on with it uh you know in the process and um it's been a lot of fun uh it's actually i feel like it's brought our our team closer together um and and every employee that we bring into that production uh just seems to enjoy that process and then it's neat for them to go back to the restaurant and and like oh yeah i helped make those you know mm -hmm. so it's it's been a it's been a fun experience um and we're really excited to you know right now we're, we're only supplying our restaurants and you know uh and whiskets uh but uh but we're looking we're looking to get you know established here at a point where we're able to produce enough to start distributing the other you know, other businesses. Um, and, you know, uh, the other, the other piece of that is, you know, we've decided to open a second Whiskits location. Um, so we've been, we've been working on that and um, that's, that's been a challenge. So like to bring, you know, the whole COVID piece into it, we've uh, you know, we've found that doing construction and, and getting through permitting and all that good stuff during uh, these times has been very challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the speed at which we're kind of accustomed to moving, uh, and this goes for everyone, but it's been, you know, it's been slowed down, uh, you know, and, uh, and you kind of have to adjust and, and make, you know, make, uh, make some different moves because of that. Um, so that's what we've been up to. Um, you yeah. know, I was going to ask you a couple, yeah, a couple follow-ups to that. First of all, 
um, what what goes into determining what's what you continue with and what you close down mm. like what, what's that process because that's hard for any leader I think to hold on because you want to hold on I mean it's a, it's your baby right it's one of your babies and it's like man, Absolutely. I don't, I don't want to close this but part of the game is yes ideally you keep everything open but that's not the reality for so many because right those who choose to do that usually there's long term it doesn't work out you know uh because it's you know it's too much it's too much potentially you know depending on the way it's orchestrated so what goes into your mindset as the bayou boy about hey how do we determine what's going to stay open what we're going to keep and what we're going to close down sure uh, well i mean you know first and foremost you know we're we're, we're running businesses and in order to run businesses and support families, uh, you know, outside of our own, you know, the businesses have to be profitable, right? Like, you know, so you got to look at the bottom line first. Um, and, and, you know, the, the interesting thing about like starting a business, right? Like most people, I'm sure from the outside looking in, they go, Oh, you start a business, you start making money. Right. Uh, and at the top of the, the funnel, uh, it's funny. It's kind of like a funnel. All the money is actually flowing down uh, to, to other people, right? Uh, you start a business and you start, you know, buying supplies from other people and you're buying goods to sell. And, you know, the people that work for you are getting paid and, you know, all that money is, is flowing down, you know, downhill. Um, and, you know, as a, as an operator, you look at it and you go, okay, well, you know, I, I need to recoup, you know, what I've invested. And, uh, you know, you have to start, start planning out, you know, what you see forecasting, what you see, you know, happening over the coming, you know, months and years. Um, so in our situation, I think we spoke about this once before, you know, what happened with grain. So I'll go to what, you know, just happened. Um, we, you know, the most recent business we had to close was Queen City, uh, Queen City Barbecue. And that was a tough That was so good. I know. And that, that was a tough one for us, right? Like we, you know, we're, like I said, I played, I played sports through college. So like, I'm super competitive. Uh, and, and honestly, like I've, I've played on some really good teams that, that we won a lot. So like losing isn't something that I accept well. And the cool thing about like business outside of like sports, like with sports, you know, there's a set clock, right? Like you got 60 minutes or you got 40, you know, 40 minutes or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, uh, you've got this time frame that you have to complete your game with it. With business, you know, your, your clock is, is in many ways uh, uh, set by your, your resources and, and finances, right? So for us with Queen City, um, you know, it was, it was an uphill battle from, from the start. It was a very big space. It was very expensive to operate just in, you know, base cost. Um, and it, you know, it was in downtown Allentown early in that, that Renaissance um, that's still, you know, still underway out there. And, um, you know, we had to, we had to, you know, battle to get, you know, every, every sale that we, you know, we're, we were fortunate enough to make out there. Um, and just prior to the, 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 you know, pandemics, uh, start, uh, you know, ADP, um, came in to the, to the downtown area and brought like 1500 employees. And we started to feel a different energy, uh, on a daily basis. And that was great. And then, you know, COVID happened and, you know, we different. So, you know, we talk about, pivots and moves that we had to make during COVID, right? So uh, two, and, and, you know, same business owners made two different decisions simultaneously. So at both Bayou locations, we instantly went to, you know, doing takeout uh, specials and, and, and things like that. At Queen City, we actually closed that first week. Um, we, we didn't switch to doing takeout really there. Um, and because of that, I think, uh, you know, it made it very difficult for us to get that machine restarted, right? It was kind of like you shut it down and then we, we were like, oh, but what if, you know, we go and spend this money on all this brisket and, you know, all these expensive proteins and we're smoking all these meats and then people aren't actually ordering that, you know, as takeout. Um, whereas at the same exact time, the Bayou 
was pumping out food left and right. And because we never shut it down, it just kept rolling and we got deeper and deeper into it. But in the very beginning, you know, if you think back, we were like, oh, this is going to be a two week thing. This is going to be a three week thing. Then it was going to be a month and then it was going to be two months. And then we're like, oh my goodness, we've been closed for all this time. Uh, we've got to start making decisions. And, and we didn't, we really didn't other than, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, these constant check-ins with each other, like, what do we want to do? Or, you know, do we want to reopen? Are we going to try to do this partial reopen? You know, do we want to do this takeout stuff that we're doing at the bayous? Uh, and as we got deeper and deeper into it, um, you know, we started kind of looking at the environment in, in, in Bethlehem and Easton and, and seeing that things were starting to change a bit, you know, people's habits had changed. Uh, and, you know, you, you hear all the, the reports and studies of businesses not, uh, you know, having their employees come back to the office and things like that. And, uh, you know, we, we had to, we had to make a, a really hard decision and say, all right, well, we've, we've struggled enough. We, we got back to a point where we felt like we we're on solid ground. Do we want to go back into this struggle or do we want to, you know, close this business down and, and, you know, take whatever losses come with that and, and just try to, you know, regroup and move forward. And we ultimately decided to, you know, shut it down, regroup and, and try to move forward. And, uh, you know, that was a tough decision. Like you said, it, it feels like one of your children, uh, you feel, you feel like, you know, at times, you know, you got people like yourself that like love the food and you feel, you know, you feel like you're letting other people down. Um, it's crazy. Cause in this, in this, you know, hospitality industry, like I said, you're constantly, you know, uh, entertaining, right. You're, you're always having people over your house basically to, to entertain them. And when you, when you close one of those businesses, you know, you feel like you're, you're taking something away from, from the community. Um, so, you know, in typical Bayou Boy fashion, we decided, well, if we're going to take something away, let's give something back. So we, <laughs> we decided to open another, another WizKids. Um, and, you know, we're, we're excited about that project. Uh, it's, it's coming along now and we should be open with that soon. That's awesome, man. Well, two things I want to say to that. One is I want to commend your courageous leadership because it's Thank easy. You. It's easy to just try to hold on when the thing isn't producing what it needs to, to provide what I would call the fuel, which is another way to say cash flow to sustain the, not just that business, because it all works together. You're, it's part of the Bayou Boys, right? It's yeah. Fun group. And so it, it takes a lot of courage to say, hey, I want to continue. I want to make this happen. I believe, I believe in the concept. I believe in this, these people. At the same time, I know that to continue would do more harm and damage to what we're trying to do long term. And that's a hard decision to come to. But I think we all have those times in our lives where you know, there's things that we want to hold on to that may not be best for us long-term. They may be harming us, uh, whether that's a financial decision, uh, you know, a business that we own, sometimes even toxic relationships that we're a part of where we're like, man, I, I want to, and that doesn't mean we need to, to be uh, mean spirited about it, but to be honest and hopeful in the midst of it. So honesty says, Hey, here's, here's where it is. Honesty is our, our friend, right? It, yep. it sometimes doesn't feel like our friend, but it is our friend. Honestly, we've been on this rocket ship ride <laughs> with the Bayou Boys. And seriously, I mean, when you say that, I mean, that's a lot of business opening, boom, 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 right after one another. And it's exciting to be on that rocket ship. But then there's some, some parts of honesty that says, hey, what's our reality though? Like, I believe it can be in the vision side of each of us wants to see what's not and that's part of what makes us a genius for what we do but then the other side has to come in which is called the, the prudent side of things where it says wait a minute let me see all these angles here and and even what you were saying though i think is really important for us to look at to look at things honestly even when it's not what we want to see but it's the reality like for example there's a big difference between uh easton and bethlehem and downtown allentown downtown allentown is, is trying, they're making some great shifts, but when ADP opened that building, that was the big splash in a lot of ways. But a lot of their foot traffic in that area is contingent on people who work 
in downtown Allentown. And now most of those people work remotely, you know, and, and even to be able to honestly say, Hey, this is where I'm not losing hope. I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that we're going to be able to still serve our community. We still believe in Allentown. We still believe in the Lehigh Valley. We still are here, but in order for us to be here for the sustainable long-term, we've got to cut our losses, so to speak, and, and take on whatever pain that is with that. So I want to applaud your courageous leadership and for all of us listening to think about where is it in our lives that sometimes it, the idea of like, I need to hold on to everything or hold on to more. That's, that's something that's thrown out as successful, but oftentimes success is knowing what to let go of and what yep. to hold on to. Like it, it, you, because it's not like we have an unending cash flow and then not only an unending cash flow, but the reality of supporting people and, and helping long-term. And then the other side of that too, is just even as I talked to you early on in this whole thing with COVID is your focus on looking inside of the business what was going on organizationally and to uh, make sure that, hey, as great as this rocket ship has been, this is a chance for us to take stock of what's going on, how we can continue to develop and, and really work with the leaders that are here and our staff that's here as well. And then even to look at, hey, what needs to shift and what needs to change? And, and I think that pause, as, as crazy as it was to, to go through it and have a business, which that in itself could be a book, you know, how how uh, we survived COVID as a business yeah. business group. But but the idea though is like, hey, I'm, I'm not gonna just do uh, what I've always done. I'm gonna evaluate, we need to let go, but also need to evaluate what needs to be changed within organizationally. What can we improve on? What can we make better? Pierogies, the, the WizKid second location. These are new concepts and ideas that come from that space in that breathing room, as well as really developing that staff team and to create um, and to continue to create the culture that you guys want there. So as you think about the development side of things, Mo, what are some of the things that you did with your team or are doing currently to, to work through the development side of things? Sure. Uh, so we, we started, you know, in the beginning there, we, it was a lot of zoom calls. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've started, we started having more meetings. Uh, and then one of the, one of the things that, you know, we're, and we're still, it's always a work in progress, right? Yeah. But we've uh, we've implemented a new internal like, communication platform uh, into our company, which you know is allowing us to communicate with our people, um, you know, in real time, and get some messages out to them, right? Uh, one of the things that that I I changed, you know, during the the shutdown um, was you know was a personal uh, change for me. I, you know, I, I, I've always worked out, but I, I changed my, my workout routines. Um, uh, and ultimately that led to like a change in, you know, my, my daily schedule. Right. So where my, you know, I used to start my day at, you know, seven, eight AM, you know, sometimes nine. um, I, I, you know, made a pivot and, and, you know, started, you know, my day at 6am and, you know, at sometimes it's starting at 4am, uh, you know, depending on what, what my schedule looks like, uh, and my personal, like fitness, I, I decided I needed to lose some weight too. Um, so, you know, I initially gained some weight during the pandemic and then I, you know, managed to lose, uh, like 40 pounds, um, over, over the, you know, over during a stretch of, of, you know, a couple of months. And, uh, and, through that, I also started, started reading more. Um, and I think that really, you know, I've always been, you know, uh, avid like podcast listener, um, over the, you know, over like the last five years while they've been really popular. Um, but then I, I, I added reading into, into my daily routine and that really, I think that really started to, to drill down some concepts for me, um, hearing, you know, kind of the same message but you know uh put on paper you know a bit differently each time but seeing the through line in it um and i think i think that you know allowed me to start to develop as a leader um you know and really start to share those messages with with the team and and you know start pinpointing things within people um that you know i saw strengths and or weaknesses and and to help you know 
help guide them um, because it's crazy how it happens. But one minute you're, you know, you're 21 years old and you're working for someone that's, you know, 45, 50, 60 years old. And then the next minute, you're 41 years old and you got 21 year olds working for you and you're the one that they're looking to for guidance. And, you know, as it's happening to you, you don't necessarily, you know, take stock in that until, until you take those moments to stop and go, wait a minute, like people are now looking to me to, to lead. Um, and, and that, I think that's, that's important, uh, you know, for people to understand that, like, once, once you step into that leadership role, whether you like it or not, it's there. Um, and, and I like what you said earlier about it's not always what's taught, it's what's caught. Um, because that's, you know, one way that I've always tried to, you know, uh, to help our, our people uh, within our, our company is to lead by example. Uh, and, you know, just try to exude the things that, that I'd like for them to, you know, to do in their own way. Um, but to try to set that framework, um, you know, a, a lot, you know, we've had quite a few people on our team, you know, take on the, the, the program uh, that my wife and I uh, started doing over the, over the shutdown. What's the program? Uh, What's the program? Uh, it's called 75 hard. Um, it's, what, what, it's, what is that? it's, it's pretty <laughs> wild. So <laughs> it's 75 days uh of uh, uh and it's a it's it's basically the the premise of it is um uh you know getting over like yourself mentally right and and like changing your mental state it's not a workout plan it's not a fitness thing it's it's a mental thing so um you know it's two workout two 45 minute workouts a day one of which you do outdoors um it's drinking a gallon of water taking a progress pick, sticking to a diet with no, you know, no cheat days um, and reading 10 pages of, uh, you know, of, a, of, a, of a, a nonfiction, you know, self-help business, uh, et cetera, type book. Um, and, uh, and, and no, no alcohol um, for, for a 75 day, you know, period. And uh, we've done it now twice uh, two, two sets of 75, uh, 75 days, um, over the last, what has it now been like about a year and a half. And it's been great. Um, again, like I said, it was a part of what really kickstarted that change in, in my workout routines. And, you know, uh, honestly, you know, you do two workouts in a day like that and to find the time to do that, you know, was what, where the getting up earlier started. And, uh, and what you start to realize is um, there's the things that you do during the day, like during your day really lead to how well you sleep at night. Um, and uh, one of, there's a book that I, uh, do I have it here? I don't think it's here. I think I might've given it to somebody, but there's, there's a, a book that I, I was reading that uh, it basically walks through like, you know, the things that you do in your morning, how much they affect, you know, the end of your day when you're, you know, uh, your cortisol levels and everything where, where the, that stuff ends up at, where many people struggle, you know, getting a good night's rest. But like when I'm, you know, when I'm on that program and I'm working out like that and I'm waking up early, you know, and I'm, I'm going through my day a certain way, by the end of the day, I'm ready to go to bed and I sleep like a baby. <laughs> um and it's it was it's it's really been uh you know been good for my wife and i uh and it's it's great to do it together too you know well uh, yeah, i was gonna say you know as as it's, it's been said that as the leader goes so goes the organization or you know the health of the leader will lead to the health of the organization and i i think as i listen to that i think it's a good challenge and reminder for me and for all of us to to be thinking about you know, how are we taking care of ourselves? Because to care well for others means we have to care well for ourselves. And I think the temptation, and I want you to speak into this for leaders who would say, man, I'm, I got so much going on. I mean, two workouts, uh, reading 10 pages. I mean, getting up at whatever time it, it may be um, in, in, in your own mind. How did you get over some of those? Because I'm sure you had some of that going on in your own mind too, where it was like, I got too much to do to be able to like squeeze all this in. So how would you encourage 
us as we're kind of getting over that mental hurdle of our, some of it is an excuse, but I would call it even less of an excuse in its in itself and more of just the sheer pressure we feel as leaders, right? Like, cause yeah. there, there's a lot on our plates and especially even now, you know, more than ever. So, so how would, how would you speak into that? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's taking inventory of, of yourself, of your, of your life and, and the things that you're doing. Right. So like we, we do put that pressure on ourselves that, Oh my goodness, I've got so much to do and I've got to, I've got to do this and I got to do that. And da, da, da. Um, and then, but if you really look at it, right, you go, do I need to, you know, do I need to go to happy hour after work? Do I, do I need to uh, spend, you know, an hour and a half, uh, playing Call of Duty, you know, today. Like, there's there's definitely something in in your in your daily routine that if you if you cut that out, you could probably give yourself like, and that's the crazy part about it, right? Like, when what we deprive ourselves of like giving to ourselves, right? We're like we're we're doing things that we think are for our our enjoyment and entertainment, and they are, you know, I, I, I that's what you know, people choose to do. I mean, I still, you know, enjoy playing video games and, you know, and things like that or watch, or watching a game, you know, um, it's not to, it's not to deprive yourself. It's just to, you know, take that stock and that inventory and, and realize that, you know, you've got more bandwidth than you actually think. Right. Um, and adding, adding, you know, a workout or adding, you know, reading, um, You'll, you'll, you'll start looking at it and go, wow, I actually do have the time to do this. I just didn't put, make it a priority. Um, and I, and I see that in myself. Right. So like I, you know, I, I said, I try to work out on a, on a regular basis, but until like, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny, like you put yourself out there, you know, say on social media and you, you, you post and you say, Hey, I'm doing this thing. The last thing that you know, I ever wanted to do was put it out there and then be like, oh yeah, five days later, I'm not doing it. Someone's like, I thought you were doing that. I'm like, ah, yeah, no, right. Like, like I wanted, I wanted to do it. And so you get into it and next thing you know, you're like, all right, well, I got to get this workout in, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to, I mean, something even, and, and here's where it, it helps, it helps to change your mindset, right? Like it's really about setting your day up or setting yourself up in your day and getting through your list, right? And not, uh, not you know, uh, leaving things undone, right? So like the progress pick, it's not to look at yourself and be like, oh, I look good. It's to have a thing you that- You do say, look good. You do look good, Mo. Uh, thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking very you know? studly these days, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like to say, hey, I said I got to do this and I'm going to do this. Um, and it becomes like trying to, uh, get outside of your comfort zone even, right? So uh, there's a, a secondary piece to it called the power list, which, it, it, you know, essentially the program is built off of that. So if, you know, you, for example, uh, you know, with the podcast, there, there's probably, uh, you know, four or five people out there that you'd love to have on the podcast. And it's like, all right, today I'm going to contact those people. You know, I'm going to contact four people that I necessarily wouldn't reach out to or wouldn't communicate with. I'm going to reach out to those people. And then at the end of the day, if you didn't do it, it's like, oh man, like that's, I didn't finish my list. Right. So like, that's kind of the the premise of the program. It's like, oh man, I didn't take my, my picture today. Like there would be times that like I'd wake up at like, you know, midnight. Cause I'm going to bed at like nine, 10 o'clock. Cause I'm dead tired and i go oh my god i gotta take a picture i'm like running to you know go go snap a selfie right um and uh but it's just a you know because you you start thinking about all the things that you you might put ahead of other things in your life um you know and and for for you with your ministry it's like i'm sure there you know there are people that you know are, are have been in the church and involved in the church that you know they they let life get ahead of you know their walk with god and it's like well where's your priority at right and and sometimes when you open yourself up to to those new experiences 
you you uh, you find that there's so much more fulfillment to be had in you know getting up early and and being ahead of you know, you know the majority of the of the the world of the people out there you know uh, when you when it's I, I think I posted something the other day I hit 10,000 uh, 10, steps which is like the baseline on like you know the Apple watches and the fit stuff like that I did it before 10 a.m and I was like man like that's like some people's whole day you know it's not even 10 a.m yet and I've, I've you know cleared that I was like I wonder what today is going to bring you know um, so you know I think it's just really trying to uh, expand your your mind and, and expand what you know what you believe that you can do um, and give back to yourself, uh, you know, because like you, as you said, you know, we have to work on ourselves to be able to show up for others. Right. And, and especially when you, you know, you've got a family, you know, a significant other, and, you know, even more so when you have kids that you have to show up for, it's like, how can I, you know, show up best, you know, for my son, for my wife, uh, and, you know, in, in my, you know, personal opinion, I, I, I think I need to be, you know, uh, healthy and, 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 and a state that I can be here as long as possible um, and do everything that I can within my control. Because, you know, there's another, you know, there's another path that's already written that I don't know about, but in, in what I can control, I'm going to try to be, you know, uh, as healthy as I possibly can be to help, you know, help myself along that journey. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, really that's, good. that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And I, I was going to ask, so 75 hard, where could they people learn more about that? Is there like a website or something? Yeah, it's, it's 75 hard.com. Um, I think the beautiful thing about what Mo's sharing too, for all of us, including myself, is I do think the, the value and the priority of it. There's one thing to hear that, but to see it actually as giving ourselves a gift, because I think sometimes we're like, ah, like I'm, I'm losing out, quote unquote. But no, 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 you're not losing out. It may feel that way. Our culture kind of uh, informs a lot of that feeling of it. And it's not even about narcissism. I'm not posting these pictures or taking these pictures because I want to worship myself. Look how good I look. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to look, look at myself in the sense of um, where I'm so self-focused that I'm missing the, the bigger picture. Because really, that stuff may motivate you for a little while, but it won't go the distance. You gotta, you gotta think about those motivators that are, are deeper than that, you know, for your, your wife, if you're married, you know, or, or your husband, you know, your children, uh, you know, your, your uh, people that you work with and, and work alongside and serving. I mean, those are, those are valuable uh, ways in which um, we can have a vision for, for what's gonna drive what we're doing and, and trying to become in the midst of it. And I, I think even so many times because of the fatigue that comes in with leadership or life, I think the natural inclination is to continue to feed what we think will restore us or renew us like binging or binging a show or binging food or um, playing video games and no, nothing wrong with some of that, that idea, right? Like, but the idea though, that that's going to actually refuel us or strengthen us fully is I, I think it's um, not true. And so I think finding ways to, to slow down, to, to read, I think that's why reading is really important. And I agree with what you're saying too, Mo. I started to buy uh, books now that I can hold in my hands because, and I had done that before and I have many of them, but I'm realizing even the power of not being on technology as I'm looking at a book. Um, not that oh. I'm just, I, you know, it's I'm so not, true. I, it's funny not to cut you off, but no, no. the physical books that I've bought and read, I've gotten through them so much faster than like the digital books that I'll, you know, that I'll just, oh, I'll just get it on my phone. Like I get through them, but when I'm holding the book, it's like, you know, you're just turning pages and, you know, it's, I, I don't know. Like I, I, it's crazy to think that, you know, for, I don't know how many years, but like, I wasn't, I wasn't reading like, like actually sitting down and, and reading something. Um, but now, you know, now that I've, I've brought that back into, like I said, into like a daily routine, it's like, man, like, why wasn't I doing this? <laughs> well, and I think too, there's like a depth, right? Like to who we become as we, we do that. We have something to offer. And I, I think part of the reason is like you were saying priorities, but when you're riding a rocket ship, like the Bayou boys were, 
I, I, I think that's the wisdom of what you're saying too. Like the margin and the boundaries now to even think this is what COVID did. It, not that you wanted to close. All right. So I just want to clarify, but I think it's important to note that whenever we have margin as leaders, we actually are more effective, you know? So the margin that you created, which was <laughs> brought to you because of COVID, right? To me as well, yeah. you know, and it's a different kind of margin because we were still leading at a very high level. We, and it probably even higher than ever because it's just very stressful. Um, it forced, I think, all of us, including myself, to take inventory, like, wait a minute, like, what, what matters most here? What's going to make me most effective? What, you know, I want to hold on to this, but is this going to actually allow us to take the next step to where we're going, both on a personal level as a leader, and then as a group, you know, restaurant group, and then, you know, even the people that we're serving, both employees and customers. So I think it's, I don't know, it's just worth noting, because you said that to me a couple of times when we've talked about how this season really has produced a time to take stock and inventory. Like, and, and, and as stressful as it's been, I think you wisely, and it was a good word for me to be like, wait a minute, all right, like what, <laughs> let's take stock, let's, let's look at what's going on here. And so as we think about this season and, and where we're going next, you know, as far as um, what's to come uh, for you guys, I know you mentioned WizKids part two, so I was curious, uh, where where is that going to be? Do you know yet, or is it is it? Hushed yeah. Up? So the the second location will be uh, at, in the Madison Farms development over there um, in uh, Bethlehem Township. Um, it's uh, right in where the old Steak and Shake was. Oh. So okay. shop right off of Freemansburg Avenue. <clears throat> um, so yeah, it's right up there in that development. And uh, yeah, we, you know, Music Fest is coming up. So we'll be, we'll be at Music Fest this year uh, with WizKids. And then, uh, you know, our goal is that the following week, we'll, we'll do our openings for, for the second WizKids location. Dude, that's awesome, man. Are you, yeah. are you pumped? That's a great location, by the way. Uh, I, yeah, I love it. I, you know, we wanted initially when they started that development, we, we wanted to get into that space, but with the new concept, we were, you know, we we're a bit, uh, we were a bit reserved uh, to going in, you know, to a place like that with, you know, some higher rents. Um, so we, we definitely, you know, chose our current location to kind of use as uh, a breeding ground to see, you know, if the concept, you know, would work. And uh, it's it's been very successful in you know in its in, in its current location and that location will remain. Um, so it's not like we're going to move. We're, we'll have two, you know, we'll have two whiz kids. Um, and uh, yeah, we're 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 pumped about it, man. We well, and and I think as I even hear that, that's a good like lesson for us too. Like before you go in, it's what Jim Collins says, and you've probably heard me say this before on the podcast, but he says before you fire cannonballs test your theory with bullets because mm. are less expensive than cannonballs. So yeah. even what you did with whiz kids. And I, I think even that concept is transferable because of the success that you guys have had there. But even I'm guessing this isn't, you haven't given me any like data to back this up. What I'm about to say, but even the overhead cost of running something like whiz kids compared to like a Bayou or another concept like that, it's just different. It, great. Yeah. Food, but it's just, you're dealing with a smaller footprint you're dealing with things that, you know, the menu's not as big, you know, it doesn't take probably as much labor to yep. uh, make some of those things happen, which I think is really uh, an, an important part too, that it's okay to diversify even what it is that you're doing uh, as far as ownership is concerned. And I, I wanted to ask you, Mo, as people are thinking about ownership and I just love your, your take on, you know, whether it's restaurant ownership or business ownership, what, what steps, if any, and I know this time is kind of, Hard, but I also think the obstacles um, of this season are providing opportunities for people even to reimagine whether it's restaurant ownership or a different type of concept altogether that has nothing to do with food. But what steps would you encourage people to take in that regard? Uh, you know, I, I always have been a firm believer in, in working from the inside out and learning your business right? Uh, if you're going to go into business or, or getting close to someone who's doing what, uh, what you, you believe you want to do uh, and, 
and, you know, being a sponge and soaking up as much from them as you can. So, you know, for, for me, like I said, I, I was, I was a restaurant manager for 15 years. I started working in the, my first job at 13 <clears throat> was in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm 41 now at 13, I started in the restaurant industry. Um, and I worked as a dishwasher and then a prep cook and then a line cook. Uh, and, uh, you know, just continued along that path. So, I mean, over the years, I've worked every possible position in the industry that I'm in ownership of now. Um, and, you know, in time, you start to you start to pick up on different things. Right. So like starting pierogies, it's not it wasn't something that we just said, oh, cool. We're going to you know, we're going to just jump off the off the bridge here and, and you know, hopefully <laughs> yeah. figure this thing out. You know, I went and worked and spent hours, you know, alongside someone who had put years into uh, perfecting, you know, their craft um, to get, you know, myself to a point where I felt like I had enough knowledge and information to continue working alongside that person was was the intent. But it's, you know, it's ended up, you know, being a different way. Um, But had I not put that time in, uh, you know, this process would be that much more difficult. So, you know, like, I, I think, I think that's, that's the big part of it, you know, really learn whatever it is that you're going to do. Like, I mean, for example, you know, my wife and I started a little candle company mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, online businesses are, are huge right now. I, I saw a statistic the other day, um, said something like, uh, what is it? Legalzoom.com. Like they had, they, they sold or created more like single uh, sole proprietor LLCs last year like by like a multiple of 10 uh, over years past, like it, like just everyone was, you know, trying to start an at-home business, I guess. Um, but like, you know, before we, before we started selling anything, it was like, all right, well, let's take classes. Let's study this. Let's figure out how it works, the ins and outs of it um, so that you have some knowledge of it. And, and then, uh, you know, for me, it was also knowing that we were working on the pierogi project, you know, I, I selfishly wanted to latch on to, you know, that candle process because it, it involved online sales. So I, want, I wanted to learn uh, that process and how it works so that I could then apply it to pierogies. Um, and, you know, and the, the candle side of it, it's like you said before, like the, the cost of that isn't nearly as much as, you know, starting a food production, you know, company, right? Like we're able to produce candles out of our home, you know, pierogies, we need a commercial kitchen. Like there, there's, you know, much different, you know, economies of scale there. So being able to learn the process of selling on platforms like Etsy and Shopify and Amazon, um, has been, has been eye-opening for me and, you know, how to, you know, do the target marketing, which I, I've been doing for, you know, for the restaurants, but it's a little different when you're selling a specific product versus, you know, opening a restaurant where like you open the doors to a restaurant and before you've done anything, you know, you're going to have this honeymoon period where people are like, Oh, a new restaurant. I need to eat. I'm going to go check it out. You know, like people don't sit around and go, you know what? I need a candle. You know, (laughs) know, I, I need a, I need a bag of pierogies, you know, like you might be in the grocery store and be like, Oh, that looks good. You know, but it's, it's not every day, you know, that you're going, I need to get a bag of pierogies. Oh, there's one available. Or, you know, you don't need a candle on a daily basis, but you got to eat. So, you know, uh, one of the reasons why I love the restaurant industry, like everyone has to eat at some point in time. So. Well, I think, I think it's beautiful even what you just said there, because I think as we look at, even learning the different models of what, what it is that we're trying to accomplish. There's applications across the board, whether that's, so the online thing from the candle making, the pierogi process. So wherever you are, look for opportunities to, I think it's a most point to grow and develop. So if you're interested in the specific business, learn the ins and out, ins and outs of it. And sometimes that's sitting down with somebody. Sometimes that's applying for an internship or an apprenticeship, make your intentions known. Like, Hey, I would love to learn more about this business, but come ready too, right? Like, don't just 
<laughs> don't don't come with a bunch of ideas to say. You can absolutely share those, you can share those <laughs> things, but ask a lot more questions than you give answers. And uh, I think that that will even help that process. So, Mo, as, as we wrap up our time here today, I wanted to ask you, how can people connect with you, learn more about the Bayou Boys? What, where's, where's the best way to do those two things? Yeah, so, I mean, we, so our, uh, our website, um, you know, we have uh, the, you know, that Bayou, LV.com. Sorry, my, my battery's running low here. <laughs> Um, so that Bayou LV.com is for the Bayou WizKids LV.com for WizKids. Um, and we're, you know, we've got all the social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, um, LinkedIn, Twitter. We're, we're out there. Uh, I'm, I'm out there on all those platforms as well. Um, most of them, I'm Mo 86 Taylor, uh, um, for the most part there or Mo Taylor, I think on Facebook, but yeah, I mean, you know, stop into the restaurant. We're, you know, we're in the, we're in the buildings. Uh, we're hands-on operators. You know, I'm actually, after this, after this talk, I'm, I'm headed to the uh, kitchen to go work on some more pierogies. So um, yeah. well, we'll link up on uh, the, the show notes here. Uh, all those things that Mo mentioned as far as how to connect with him. Also want to remind you, to check out our site visionforthevalley.com mo thanks for jump, jumping on today man i know you got a lot going on but i just really appreciate all you do man and who you are and, and the way you are about the valley again vision for the valley is all about highlighting the people in the places of the valley and it's very clear that incredible things are happening with you in the bayou boys as well ah thanks brother i appreciate you. i really do uh glad you're doing this and uh you know thanks for everybody out there that's that's listening um you know you got a great great product here oh thanks so much man